Hey everybody, it's time for another episode of your favorite show of all time. Just the headers. Why do you always you laugh all the way into every single it's, show? It's because it's because you like it's not you're you're not overselling it, but it's like you know I don't know, man. It's just funny. I like I like your energy. <laughs> I always like your energy. The way you deliver things like, hey, get let's get pumped, everybody. This is the news. Like, yes. We're bringing you that news, that crypto news that you love. It's also delicious, and you probably missed it. So we're bringing it to you right now. So ready, are you ready for it? Um, I'm ready if we have some good headlines. Yeah. I picked these this week. You picked the ones last week. I picked these this week. Okay. Um, no price stuff because I don't like that price stuff. We'll let Cello come on again soon, and he can. Every single article is gonna say, "Can Bitcoin hold its price? Is the price something Bitcoin can hold?" <laughs> like every article is just a reiteration. Um, so uh, if this is your first time tuning into just the headers, like maybe your friends like, "Ah, oh, listen to this podcast network called Bitcoin Podcast." Um, then this is your first time hearing just the headers. This is just the headline news from the previous week. That is last weekend up to this point, and no news of today, which is Friday, because that's zero confirmation news. And unlike Bitcoin Cash, we cannot accept zero confirmation news. So, I mean, I'm ready to get it started if you're ready. Oh, and also, co-hosting and co-founder of Just the Headers is Jesse Baroque. <laughs> We don't have an applause effect. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was our applause effect. Oh, okay. Hold up. Let me uh, try that again. Hold up. Co-founder and co-host, uh, close friend of everybody, his name uh, coming at you from the East Coast, Jesse Broke, baby. Oh, that is pretty cool. Wait. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> How did you do that? Don't worry how I do what I do is magic. I did it with my phone. I got an app. All right. so Pretty good. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Jesse uh, here to bring you another round of your daily crypto news. Um, I hope I hope you guys realize that we're not avoiding the price because, um, you know, the market is going down. We're avoiding the price because the there is I mean, there's no news besides just whenever they talk about price, it's just it's either going to go higher or lower and. There's no real substance to that kind of news, and I think that's what D and I, you know, realized. And you know, we want to bring you guys interesting articles to talk about. And price, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it w- would ever be like something we should ever focus on, really. It's just like you said; it's either going to go up or it's going to go down. Like, what's the big deal? If you like something and you're investing in it, live your life, like the Ti song, Ti and Rihanna. <laughs> And then, you know, live your life. And then here's what's going on interesting in the crypto crypto world. So I like that. That was very articulate how you put that. There's a lot more going on than price. All right. So without further ado, here's a, here's your first article of Just the Headers. Uh, this was posted on June 30th, um, year of our Lord, 2018. <laughs> what? And what? This is, God. This is the year of our Lord. Uh, Timestamp of our Lord, 1520 UTC. 
Uh, <laughs> Anna Bada uh, oh Anna Bidakova. She's probably Eastern European. Uh it's got fifty tweets, fifty retweets and one upvote. Ouch. Um Execs at Payments Giant Kiwi launch a crypto investment bank. Okay. So let's read this a little bit. Let's read this a little bit. Executives at the blockchain arm of Kiwi, one of the largest e-payment providers in Russia, are launching a crypto investment bank called HASH. All caps. Nice. I like what they did there. To advise investors and help domestic companies tokenize their assets once appropriate regulations are in place. Right? So uh, that's pretty neat. The new enterprise is being launched by senior staff at Kiwi Blockchain Technology, or QBT, a Kiwi subsidiary formed in March to focus on blockchain development and consulting. And here's a quote. This quote is from Koltsov, who is a dude that's important to Kiwi. We're going to make an international crypto bank providing trading services, research, and ICO advisors. Uh, when the when the proper regulation is in place, we're gonna do we're gonna help companies from traditional sectors of economy like natural resources and heavy industry raise money through ICOs. Mm. What do you think about that? I mean, we're not in Russia, so I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> it says it says that in fall. Oh, you xenophobic. I didn't know. You, I didn't take you for a xenophobe. No, but like, okay. So if I'm if I'm like a a person who's listening to this um, new show, I wonder. Like for me personally, like I would want super actionable information, and I'm I'm curious. Like just as an idea, floating it around while we're um, recording this podcast. What if we have like a like an article or two that actually has some sort of uh, tutorial that goes along with it? Like maybe, hey. This is how you use Amazon AWS to deploy your own um, private blockchain. That's um, not a bad idea. And then people can go out and play around with that and see, you know, how I guess how it actually works. Um, like they can actually interact with the news that we're giving them. Besides just knowing that, you know, somewhere in Russia, there is a blockchain um, consultant group that is trying to assist banking. Uh, or and in, in assist investment money um, mm -hmm. into ICOs when the Russian parliament, I guess, passes bills. That's very true. That's not very actionable to the U U.S. citizens that are listening to this show. Yeah. Maybe we could tell them what an investment bank is. Maybe that helps. So Maybe. we're not totally useless. So an investment bank is a bank that makes investments. And that's all that it does. But what's the difference between an investment bank and like a bank like, you know, one of the banks in America, like Bank of America? It, they that own investment banks, but they're not an investment bank. Oh, they're not. Oh. Oh. What constitutes an investment bank besides one of like the larger banks like, you know, BOA, let's, Wells Fargo? Let's just see what Webster has to say about it. A bank that purchases large holdings of newly issued shares and resells them to investors. So this bank is designed to do one thing. Take in money, output shares, right? Oh, that, okay. Yeah. Purchases large holdings of newly issued shares and then resells them to investors. They purchase 
Oh, so they're like shares. liquidity. They're like um, market makers. That's what it sounds like, right? Like, you know, yeah. like uh, like hedge funds that are under Bank of America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is it? Let's see is what Investopedia has to say. An investment bank, or IB, is a financial intermediary that performs a variety of services. Investment banks specialize in large and complex financial transactions, such as underwriting, acting as an intermediary between securities issuer and the investing public, facilitating mergers, and other corporate reorganizations, and acting as a broker. Oh, so that whole article said Kiwi's trying to be the next middleman for people trying to do ICOs. So they're trying to be like Coinbase? Mm, no. Coin is Coinbase a middleman? What'd you call Coinbase a middleman? I don't know. They they don't give you your own private keys to your Yeah, they do. Crypto. You can get your private keys, but only to the vault. Right, and that's service. That's theirs. So Yeah, it's but not. it's multi sig. So they give you the private key that they don't have never seen. I thought the vault was um like a like a Coinbase, like it's Coinbase cold storage, database. but it's multi-sig and one like of those database. And the keys that you say that they don't have, they don't ever yeah. see. So, like if you have a three of five multi-signature vault, then the three people who have signatures have private keys that Coinbase hasn't seen. Coinbase has one. But is that vault like hosted on the actual blockchain? No, oh, like it's what cold. Is, like what is that? Cold wallet. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. And rumor has it, it's it's got armed guards around it. So if it's a cold wallet that they own, I mean, you don't physically have access to it. But they can't get the money out of there without your multi-signatures. But they have it physically. Like it's like it doesn't a matter. You've got the private center. keys. Ooh, this is a good debate to have. Right? I like, like it's have like that my if I'm holding my hardware wallet in my hand. And yeah. you have the private key, you have the money, and I don't. We both don't have any money because I have the private key, private but key. you have the actual wallet. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because the the hardware wallet is just a portal to your stuff that is the internet. It's just sitting there. The private key is what tells it to move around. Are we – so if, if, if you had my – say, for example – for example, okay. um, for ejemplo, in español. For ejemplo, um, you had my <laughs> say we're we're talking about Bitcoin in particular. You had my wallet dat dat file, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my private key. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless I have my seed, I can't Caesar access that for, money. Caesar for like hardware wallets. I thought we were just talking about you just said cold storage, so it's not cold storage in the form of like a, a like a big hardware well, wallet. Like it's not a hardware wallet is not a cold wallet. Those are two separate things. I thought I thought a okay. Yeah. A cold wallet is just a, an address that was generated on a computer that's never touched the internet. A hardware wallet but, but is But that's what that's a what a hardware device. wallet is, though, isn't it? No, no, a hardware wallet is a device where it's encryption is in the actual on the chipset inside of the device. Right, but that 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 chipset has never been connected to the internet, 
right? It doesn't it actually has, generate. It doesn't. Well, it doesn't. It, it hasn't because it, it hasn't been like your your private keys that it generates are not are not dependent on its connection to the internet. It's dependent on um, the actual device. Yeah, it's dependent on that device and the seed phrase that comes yeah, and the seed that device. Phrase. Right. So, like, if you had my hardware wallet and I had my mm -hmm. private keys, like, it doesn't matter. You still have my wallet. Yeah, but... Is that, is that not how, like, how... Like, how... If I had you your hardware wallet... Yeah. But you had your private key, which I don't even think hardware wallets give you the private key. They just give you that seed. That seeds the private key that they hide. Right? But no, the, you... the hardware wallets, like, I thought they... Okay, no, sorry, continue. No, like when you start your, you do the 24 seed phrase and then you guess the right things is a boom, shakalaka, you're in there. Or you put a pin on it and then another layer of security. Yeah, but your pin is, is just, pin's just, just a pin. another layer, right? Yeah, just a pin, yeah, exactly. Just another layer. But the, the seed phrase, the 24 words, seeds your private key. Right, but you don't actually see your private key with a hardware wallet. No, you don't. Yeah, but so like if you okay, go ahead. For whatever shake of a dog's tail, I don't know. I somehow was like holding your hardware wallet, and you were super duper savvy enough to know you had your private key. Then you could still push that internet around, and it didn't matter if I was holding your hardware wallet or not. And so that's, I think that's kind of like a mental lapse that the whole that's, public that's doesn't the understand only, like, about. But that's, if I have the, pri okay, huh? so whichever, whichever, whichever wallets, like, I guess if I have all the private keys that are stored on that hardware wallet, then yeah, I'm fine without it. But if I only have like, I guess one of the private keys, you're not fine and there are it. multiple wallets on that hardware wallet, like, you know, I have a, a wallet for my Ethereum or whatever. Like if I ha if I don't have all of those private keys, then I'm screwed. I only have you know the the wallet file access to the wallet mm -hmm. of whatever you know private key I actually have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But like for 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 Bitcoin, like Coinbase, like that that vault, it's not just a big hardware wallet, because that's mm -hmm. that was my understanding. It's a of big it. vault full of cold wallets. I I mean. When you say it's a big vault full of cold like wallets, it's literally it's like, a vault full of cold wallets, like a bank vault full of cold wallets. Either they're on paper, either they're on something. That's Coinbase's own proprietary custodial information that probably only three people know in the world. They don't, they don't use that. a piece of paper. They don't use like. Of course, paper they don't use a piece of paper because paper so, like, is eaten they, by termites. Right, right, right. So they laminate it. <laughs> I, no, I'm, I'm curious that. how that vault system works because well, if they have like a bunch of like servers like this is what I'm imagining like a bunch of servers that have that form like some sort of like huge I guess it's like a huge data center that hasn't really been connected to the internet and that's it's just probably it that's how it's everybody's wallets I mean that sounds highly that sounds a lot more likely than what I would do, which is put everybody's name on an index card and use different stickers. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I, I guess, like, if you have your private key to your vault, you said it, the vault is multi-sig, right? Yeah, yeah. 
so do you have access to all of those um keys no keys yeah and you don't no so for you can't example, access your shit and they can't access your shit nobody can access your money nobody can access it. for example back uh, just a little bit of behind the scenes of how to run a business on crypto Chella Corey and myself have a multi-sig wallet and whenever we want to move money out of that significant thing, like each the three of us have to sign it in order yeah. for money to move. I don't know Corey's private key. Cello doesn't know mine. I don't know Cello's. We all don't know each other's. It's basically like turning that key to the nuke at the same time. Like he, Corey's got his own special key. Mine is cooler. It's got diamonds on it and I hang it around my neck. And Cello's is a little less cooler than... Course. Right. No, I understand how multi-sig works. <laughs> my 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 problem is that the vault is like some centralized data center that's offline that is under purview of Coinbase. Like you don't physically have access to pull your money out because for one, it's multi-sig, and two, it's but centralized at a location. Since it you don't is know a vault, where. the proper properties have the private keys, so it doesn't matter if that vault is nuked. It's a three of five multi-sig, and since we have three of the five, the one that Coinbase has, which is the four of the five, the fifth, I think, I don't know where that goes, the four of the five just gets burnt, it's gone, it got nuked, but Cello, Corey, and myself have three, and we can still move the money, because we got the private key. We'll just go on the blockchain, and we'll say, hey, look, we got the private key, we're going to move money out of there. I, I guess it's, it, it would just shortcut this whole conversation if I knew exactly how the vault worked. Because my understanding is... You're never going to know how that works, really Jesse. Coinbase goes money. out of business. If it were that easy to know, Coinbase wouldn't be making billions of dollars a quarter. <laughs> Why? I want to know the secret to they're the not, Big Mac sauce, just, baby. They're not, they're not, they're, their purpose is not just having that stupid vault. Like They were still a, a multi-billion dollar company before they, they had lots that of things feature. they do lots of right. things well but one of them is the fall and the thing is is like it's like saying what well, i want to know the secret sauce of the big mac baby if i know that i'm gonna get this hamburger game on lock you don't it's know the secret sauce. dressing no it's not it is it's not thousand island and you can look okay at the we've got to go to the next dressing. headline we haven't even gotten to the second headline god all right <laughs> we got Move on. Um, moral of that story is, guys, um, go look at multisig and know the new know the nuances between cold cold wallet and hardware wallet. Next headline. All right, this one's written by Wendy McElroy. Um, crypto and the structure of class warfare. There, there. So, um, that's deep, man. Uh, class warfare is a big deal, right? Like, how's class warfare affected your life, Jesse? Um, class warfare? What? Yeah, like, have you ever gotten in a fight with anybody that was richer or poorer than you? No. Oh. Yeah. Usually well, everybody's richer than me. Hence <laughs> the last name broke, baby. Um... Well, when I was a kid, there was a hill at the top of my street. We called it Snob Hill. The houses were large. And the kids would come down with their paintball guns, and they were always better than our paintball guns. 
And we were just like, fuck you guys. But that was class warfare. So here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's read. The Satoshi Revolution, a revolution of rising expectations. Section 4, State versus Society. Chapter 9, Part 2. Wait, is somebody writing like a Satoshi Bible? Is that what this is? Anyways, this is a quote by Murray Rothbard. The wall separating state and society is crumbling. Or, rather, the state is taking a jackhammer to it in an aggressive attempt to control every aspect of productive and cooperative life. The people you deal with on a daily basis are ceasing to be good neighbors, honest merchants, and disinterested strangers. They are becoming state informants who monitor your expression, your money, your behavior and attitude in order to report you to the authorities. They are ceasing to be society and becoming instead the state. Those are some powerful words. And not all the way false. So this looks like an op-ed, to tell you the truth. Um, no, it is categorized under news. So uh, here's a read some of the article, not just that quote. Uh, Cryptocurrency has an advantage that almost every other alternative money in the past has lacked. It does not mimic state-issued currency or state-controlled transfer systems such as banks. Its revolutionary structure and function are as uniquely compatible with society as they are antagonistic to the state. Which is true, right? If you're, if, uh, if you're voting for Bitcoin and you're typically not voting for traditional centralized systems. So. Yeah. I don't know. You could, you could be both, right? Um, I am. Like, I, I think we can have state get along with Bitcoin, but I could be short-sighted. Or I could be a friggin' profit. You never know. Um, but it's tough, though, because Bitcoin isn't owned by the state. It's not owned by a country. You know, like, if you have your own private keys and and you're not subject to any adversarial forces giving getting, getting you to move your money, then there's nothing anyone can do about that. Right? Outside of, like, waterboarding. Mm. I mean, that's what happened to that trader in Russia, right? A kid, kid gets famous on the internet for trading. Uh, they kidnap his ass and they're like hey move the bitcoin he's like no they're like move it and he says no and then they kill him like there's not much if you have your private keys there's nothing anyone can do so I don't know I'm not very adversarial to the state yeah I don't know I, I, I think that I like banks even though you know, people How banks. dare you? I like crypto because it's <laughs> useful. I like banks and I like crypto. Okay. Yeah. So let's read a little bit more. State versus society. Libertarian class analysis is based on the interaction of the two categories, which are irresolvable conflict with each other. So state and society are in an irresolvable conflict with each other. The structure of each class, the arrangement of their parts according to a unifying theme, are also antagonistic. Into this analysis, crypto enters with a framework that rebukes the state and provides society with what it has sadly lacked, a free market money for the average person. The, compatible, the compatibility of crypto and the free market and crypto is borne out by their remarkably similar structures. 
society and the free market are used synonymously here because in its broadest definition, the free market is more than the economic dynamic. For example, there can be free market of ideas. Broadly defined, the term refers to any free exchange. So it's almost like they're the same thing, but they're not. It's almost like they're yin and yang. State and society. This is deep. This is a deep article. I mean, I thought it would be more of a think piece. That's why I toss it on there. This is a good one. If you guys haven't visited like the link that I put to all the headlines and stuff, maybe visit this one. It's a very long article. It goes on to some comparisons and contrasts between the state and society. Like, is a vote for Bitcoin a vote for anarchy? Are we all um, those underground guys in the demolition man? Or, or do we have order? All right. Last article of the weekend. Then I'm going to push it over to you to Jesse. Jesse, are you ready? Sure. All right. <laughs> Here's the last article of the weekend. Myth busting. Why Bitcoin can never go to zero. Oh, oh. This article is written by Darren Pollock. Nice last name, Mr. Pollock. Bitcoin's polarizing. Oh, sorry. Here's some stuff. Uh, 44,686 total views, which is a lot more than 71 retweets. Sorry, girl. 744 total shares. And those would be shares on the internet. Bitcoin's polarizing effect has people on both ends of the scale, either proclaiming it is going to the moon or it is going to zero. The real question, Jesse, is which moon? Ah, Right? We could be talking about the moon, or we could be talking about like Titan, right? Sure. You know, that's a big, that's a further away moon. Yeah. Right? Here's the real question. Three, three dimensional. Is Titan further away or is it higher? It's further away. Okay. It is further away. Good job. That. Answering that. So. Wouldn't it uh, depend on where I, whatever. I think it does depend on the reference point, but I'm talking about, let's, okay. I didn't give a reference point. So really it's still a trick question and you lose. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is stupid. Okay. Okay. Is it going to the moon or is it going to zero? The volatile, unprecedented. I thought you said there wouldn't be any price articles. This is a price article. Oh, wow. It is a price article. No, it's categorized under analysis, so I think I still I'm good. It's not, there's no analysis. They're okay. just speculating on it going up or down. This is bullshit. Okay, let's just solve this article straightforward right now. Let's take a two-man vote. Is Bitcoin well, let's going look to at zero? The, let's look at the bolded uh, sections. Adaptable cryptocurrency. Um, intrinsically unstoppable. These are kind of What bolded many vested are you looking at? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the different paragraph. Um headers um they're just talking about how the the ecosystem is spread they put really. a nice pretty graph of the google search trends but forgot to they stopped it at august 2017 so they missed out on some stuff oh this is goon's yeah. career he was on the show he's on the tvp not too long ago um this is what he says they might not need to fork it to breathe new life into it after chain death spiral, and it might serve a niche function. Its medium of transfer and store of value functionality having been usurped by others. But still, I suspect there will always be a Bitcoin brand 
and the niche community around it. Mm. Mm. There's a guy named Jihan Chu, <laughs> co-founder of Kinetic Capital, a firm working towards spreading the adoption of blockchain tech. Jihan <laughs> Chu? Yeah, instead of Jihan Wu, Jihan Chu. <laughs> Is he Jihan Wu's cousin? I don't know. Is that racist? You ever wonder if, like, some Asian people, like, rename themselves, like, say, like, my name is, like, um, uh, Xiao, Xiao Han Fung, or something like that, I don't know, but then, but then I come to the U.S. and I want you to call me John Lee, and then, like, they, they rebrand themselves, or I guess they, they get a new name as well. And then, and then they, I get it all the way wrong. I call you Jet Li, and you roll with it and become a Hollywood superstar. Or like Bruce. Well, no, Bruce Lee. Yeah, how did he choose a new name, Bruce? I wonder. He looks like a Bruce. There aren't many Bruces in this world. There's not many Bruces in this world. There's Bruce Banner. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Lee. Bruce Wayne. Um, Bruce. I Springsteen, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. Bruce Baker, Bruce James, Bruce Williamson. Who are those people? Bruce Lavington. You're just making up like last names. I did. The last four Bruces were fake, but I thought I could keep you going for a while because you were like, "Damn, this guy knows a lot of Bruces." Yeah, no way, no way. (laughs) Bruce is like a dying out name. I love how that's the conclusion you come to. Bruce is Bruce is just a shitty name, so those other four guys. Bruce <laughs> Jenner, right? Oh yeah, Bruce Jenner. No, no, no. It's Kate. It's Caitlyn Jenner, right? Oh, Caitlyn. Yeah. Caitlyn. I don't know. I never knew about Careful the now. We can't go there now. The U.S. This is that kind of show. It's, it's Kylie Jenner. Kylo. Kylo. Kate. Ky- Caitlyn. How did they get so famous? Like, where I don't, I don't know the history of them. Oh, Porn. shit. We shouldn't do that. Porn. Let's just let's just go to the next article. No, it's okay. Okay. I don't need right. to rot my mind. Mondays, Mondays on you, man. It's all you. All right, I, like, go. I don't want to kill my brain cells thinking about the Kardashians. Let's yeah. keep smooth. <laughs> I never, I never was here for that, so it's okay. I'm glad I missed it. Um. Coinbase custody is officially open for business. This is actually a blog post on the Coinbase website written by Sam Mc, McIngvale. Uh, he's a product lead for Coinbase custody. Uh, the article says, last week Coinbase custody accepted its first deposit. Today we're proud to announce that we're officially open for business. Over the coming weeks, we'll continue onboarding a set of world-class clients that includes leading crypto hedge funds, exchanges, and ICO teams. Coinbase Custody's mission is to make digital currency investment accessible to every financial, every eligible financial institution and hedge fund in the world. We'll achieve this by striving to become the most trusted and easiest to use crypto custody service available. Coinbase Custody is a combination of Coinbase's battle-tested cold storage for crypto assets, an institutional-grade broker-dealer uh, broker and its reporting services, and a comprehensive client coverage program. Okay. So, what is the difference between this and like the? I wish I knew more about the financial world because I don't. I don't understand. They keep coming out with these financial products. Like originally, it was like the index 
um, the index fund you could buy that was a mixture of all the different um, mm-hmm. like top five, top ten crypto. And now, like they have this Coinbase custody. Yeah. So this custody. The one thing that I do know about the world of finance is that they invent stuff and then make it really important, and then they profit off of it. So this new thing that's happening in the crypto world is this idea of custody. And that's just like you said, is that there's a reason why banks exist, right? It's because I'm not comfortable holding custody of a bunch of cash dough because somebody could come into my crib, punch me in the face, and take it. Yeah. Right. So the bank has custody of it. I just have access to move it around with my debit card, I guess, right? People can so pull who, stuff out of it. I wonder who at the bank actually um, oversees the asset management. I guess it's this guy. Well, no, this Damn guy's – well, maybe he's the product lead of this Coinbase custody. But custody now in this in the crypto sphere is this new thing that's coming along because because with legality, right? Who has the private keys? Well, Coinbase is, ha, is the custodian of your private keys. So they have custody, right? And it, mm-hmm. it all that boils down to is really, 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 really rich people pay for time. And – they don't want to have to take the time to learn what private keys are. They don't want to have to take the time to learn about all that stuff. So Coinbase knows all that, and they're going to keep custody of their private keys, right? And by uh, they can legally put on a piece of paper and sign, Coinbase has custody of my private keys. I'm just giving them a pile of money, right? So that's what this is for. This is for extremely rich because the minimum amount you can deposit, do you know how much that is, Jesse? No. $10 million. For minimum. usage of Coinbase custody? Yeah, minimum. $10 million oh, okay. minimum. So okay. this isn't for the use and eyes of the world, I don't think. But this is just saying that like those institutional investors, quotation, that we've been waiting on since like 2013, are finally warming up to the idea of holding crypto. Mm. And they're investing on it based on the Coinbase index. And then Coinbase is having custody of their private key. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Is it interesting? They're still not not holding their crypto. Of course not. Coinbase has those private keys. But if Coinbase... Mm. I'm pretty sure... I'm willing to bet some crypto that the packages of paper that you have to sign... The sign over custody is pretty thick. And if Coin does, does anything stupid with that custody, they're going to lose a lot of money. How does that work? Like, you know how, like, for, like, you were saying, the use and eyes of the world, like, your money is only insured to, like, what, quarter of a million? Mm hmm. Um, if, if Coinbase, it says that they have, like, $20 billion in crypto under management, if they lose, you know, all $20 billion, what happens? People does die. the government bail them out? <laughs> like, how does that work? The answer to your question there is it depends on how many politicians have money in Coinbase. Dun, dun, no, but seriously though, like how does that work? What do you mean how does it work? Everyone they say I'm a billionaire and I've got a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin in Coinbase. If they lose all my Bitcoin, like, who do I go for? To you should have, had a, should have had a hardware wallet. 
You do see what I'm saying, though. Like, I see what you're saying. Is like how do nothing, I recoup that nothing, money? There's, 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 they're insured up to a point. I don't know what that point is, and I don't think it's FDIC. I think it's a third-party insurance company, but mm. here's the thing that gives me resolution um, is that with, with Coinbase and, and people dealing in Coinbase and why I on-ramp people to Coinbase, because Coinbase does have a third-party uh, insurer for your crypto, and if they're willing to convince an insurance company that they're so locked tight that the insurance company is willing to lend them a line of insurance, then, I mean, they're locked tight. Mm. So, just use the one level how how they get down. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, what? you've been saying that a lot in the last. There's episode. a lot of things like the, the know, more man. I know, the more I know surface like topically in about in the world like the more i understand how much i really don't know about the nuances like for one i was having a conversation with somebody at like a fourth of july party about the the iran um denuclearization deal under obama and i i honestly like do you know that the like how do i know like as a as an American citizen who is a taxpayer, how do I know that um, the International Committee for Atomic Energy or whatever, those those inspectors who are actually the people who are ensuring supposedly that Iran is actually following the line item list that's part of the agreement that you know states that they're not actually um, enriching uranium um, they're not um, importing, or I guess they're not. Um, I guess they don't have enough um, expended, um, like nuclear waste, in order to like make bombs. Um, like all those. Like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not an. I'm not one of those people who's actually on the ground level, um, doing that I think reporting. I can help. How do you know? You don't know. You don't, but you got to have something, man. And this is what you got to have. I don't know if you're familiar, but have you ever, um, have you ever heard the song Faith by George Michael? <laughs> Are you about to play it? I'm playing it right now. Can you hear that? Is that too loud? Yeah, I can hear it. Is it too loud or is it good? Kind of tinny. Is it too Is it good? I guess, yeah. Have you ever heard the song before? Never. You gotta have faith, man. I feel like this it's, is something they play in like a church. It builds up. Just wait for it. Here it comes. You gotta have faith, man. Oh, no, okay. I've heard the song. Okay. Yeah, everybody's heard that song. It's weird that you hadn't heard that song up until Okay. Then. Okay. Um, so you yeah, just man. have to have faith that people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, man. It's trippy, man. Government trippy. All those things are kind of trippy because they're literally embodiments of us, right? And so the only thing you do is keep faith that the people that are in those situations and making those decisions and and regulating those things and identifying if things are not going well or not. You've got to imagine that that person is you and making the best decision possible at that point in time. 
and their judgment is sound because we're literally putting them in that position because we don't have the time to be there. So, I mean, that is, just is what it is. You got to have faith. You got to have faith, faith, faith. And all right, next there. article. All right. So. Next article, soon chain governance. It's too soon for on-chain governance, rather. Written by Michael J. Casey. And this is an article found at Coindesk.com. Michael J. Casey. He's got 227 retweets and six Reddit shares. Michael J. Casey is the chairman of Coindesk's advisory board and a senior advisor for blockchain research at MIT's Digital Currency Initiative. The following article appeared in Coindesk Weekly, a custom-curated newsletter delivered every Sunday exclusively to our subscribers. The article says, Blockchain governance is hard. That's the only reliable conclusion to draw from the chaotic, contentious rollout of EOS, the $4 billion project whose consensus model was touted as a way to enable smoother governance and scalability in a blockchain industry beset with conflicts and decision-making gridlock. First, it took longer than expected for the EOS. Do you say EOS or EOS? I say EOS. You don't really say EOS. I say EOS. Okay, EOS. <laughs> First, it took longer than expected for the EOS community to elect the network's 21 block producers, which are paid $10,000 a day to validate transactions. Then, the EOS or EOS core arbitration forum, a body set up to resolve disputes, sent out a memo ordering those block producers to freeze 21 supposedly sketchy looking accounts. Concerns immediately arose that the ECAF, what is the ECAF? Uh, was arbitrarily censoring participants, inevitably raising accusations of centralized control and putting chain immutability into question right at the outset. As an ECAF representative threatened lawsuits against one block producer, and as a separate fake document purporting to be from the arbitration body appeared, one New York block producer threw up its hands and refused to participate. Now, after Dan Larimer, CTO of founding company Block One, called the ECAF's order a mistake and argued that its handling of the problem did more harm to confidence in EOS than any lost funds that the suspect accounts might have stolen. His company wants to rewrite the entire EOS constitution. Huh. Shit's getting real, man. Here's some Twitter stuff about what's going on there. In all fairness, if you apply to be a BP, uh, what is, does that mean? Block propagator or something? Was it BP? I don't know. S something. It's an EOS P thing, like a like a the master node, producer. essentially. Block producer. There we go. And get handsomely paid for it. It's not too much to ask that you have a system in place to make sure you're available 24-7. Also, he seemed quite unenthusiastic in his replies. That tweet is by at Wellpool. <laughs> Here's a tweet by at Rajarsi Matra. In all fairness, if someone tries to rebuild the bank by appointing people to clear and censor transactions with a handsome salary, that's simply just stupid on so many different levels. And then next, at CryptoPolite says, Sounds like EOS would be more efficient as a centralized protocol instead of relying on BPs who don't check their email for a day. Damn. Whew. 
They're throwing flames at EOS. Flames! That's one of the greatest benefits of Bitcoin is that there was no one to throw flames at like Satoshi and Hal Finney and um, Gavin and Dreesen. Like It was just like uh, 15 super hyper nerdy ass dudes just playing around with something they didn't think anyone would want to use. I don't know about that. I do know about that. Because if you, you, if you read like, well, I think they gathered that people would want to use it. But like, if you read like Satoshi's original like uh, correspondence with everyone, he was it's like along the lines of him saying like, "Hey guys, here's this cool thing that I built. I, if you want to try it, here's the software. Run on your computer. Let's give it a go." I think for like the first hundred blocks or so, Satoshi was just mining himself by himself. Mm. So, anyways, on-chain governance is difficult. That's what we're learning. That's what this EOS experiment is showing us. This is what on-chain governance looks like, and it's very messy. If anything, we learn moving forward um, that DPoS is kind of tough. Delegate proof of stake is tough. All right. Next article, baby. Here it comes. Coming at you. Report. 2.3 2.3 million Bitcoin addresses targeted by malware that, quote, hijacks Windows clipboard. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so this one I threw on is important. Um, we don't need to go into the article, but we do need to just say as like a as point, uh, like a, this, this is a public service announcement from Jesse Broke and D, right? Um, fucking put some malware bytes on your system, pay for premium, right? Put some mal- Get some malware bytes on there. Uh, protecting your system, backup, backup, backups, backup your wallet.dat file, uh, backup everything, back, backup your life. Uh, I my, I keep a, Jesse, you can look, you're looking at the video right now? Mm. Do you see me? No, it's green. It's green. How's it green? My, I'm, my Skype I'm is green. I'm looking at me. I'm probably, it's probably because I'm using... Anyways, if you were looking know. at me, what you'd be seeing is my Western Digital uh, little solid-state desktop hardware drive that I use to back up my system all the damn time. I get a little notification on my phone. It says, back up your shit. That's literally what it says. And if you guys know me, you know that's what it says. And I back my shit up. So, just... What are some security stuff you do, Jesse, that you can impart on the people before we move to the next article? I feel like that would be not good to discuss. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's a good... Yeah. Um, okay, so standard issue shit. Back up your system. Back up your wallets. Uh, strong password. Strong by strong. I mean, 16 or more characters. Uppercase, lowercase. Special symbols, letters, numbers. Obviously letters, but numbers. Um... Uh, what else am I thinking of? Oh, don't store your backups on like Google My Drive. Like, what's wrong with you? Don't put any backups on a cloud that you don't have direct gate control over. Like, grow up. Shit. All right, next article. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I got so personal. Right there. All right. This is all you, buddy. All you pimping. 
the uh, the next article on yes. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the first article on Tuesday. We had just read. Yeah, 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 you're right. The last article on Monday is what we last read. Mm-hmm. All right, so the first article on Tuesday says, Court says India's crypto exchange bank account ban will continue. This is written by Muyao Shen on Coindesk, and it has 235 retweets and three Reddit shares. Um, India's highest court has declined to end a ban enacted by the National Central Bank that bars the country's crypto exchanges from doing business with regulated financial firms. Mm. Bloomberg reported Tuesday that the Indian Supreme Court, led by Chief Justice Deepak Misra, said that the Reserve Bank of India's prohibition on providing services to crypto-related businesses will, quote, remain implemented. The decision continues the ban announced in April 2018 when the RBI said that financial institutions would not be allowed to work with exchanges or related firms. It gave the banks three months to exit that market. Wow. Making July 6th as the official start date for the ban, as previously reported by Coindesk. Mm. The policy shift uh, prompted moves by members of India's cryptocurrency ecosystem to launch a series of legal challenges. But as Coindesk reported on May 22nd, the uh, the Indian Supreme Court barred all other courts from accepting petitions after five similar petitions were filed against the RBI. At the time, the Supreme Court said it would hold a hearing on July 20th. According to courts, the hearing was held on July 3rd instead of July 20th after the Internet and Mobile Association of India, which counts Bitcoin exchanges as its members, requested an early hearing. The RBI claimed during the hearing that cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, cannot be treated as currency in India as the country's law requires coins, quote, to be made of metal or existing in physical form and stamped by the government, end quote. The Supreme Court fight isn't over yet, as the July 20th hearing is still set to take place. Oof. Interesting. You know so what I'm finding? India banned like, everything? They banned, like, yeah, there's no more fiat to crypto going on in India. It's That's not, crazy. It's no longer going down. And so the thing, uh, thing that... Uh, I find interesting about India and how they execute policy is they don't give their people a lot of time to react. For instance, when they cut out a hundred dollar bills last year, or no, that was was actually a while ago. That was like three years ago when they were like, no more hundred dollar bills in syndication. Sorry, the hundred dollar bill equivalent. It was like a rupee. uh, I think, no, that's Russia, right? No, they're rupees. No, rupees are Indian. Yeah, rupee. It was a rupee dollar bill i don't know how to say it but it was a certain denomination that they were taking out of syndication and they were like oh and you guys have two weeks to make it happen so everybody in the whole in india is like wait like i gotta get to the bank like i go to the bank once a month what the i don't and so some people just straight up lost money because they couldn't get to the bank in time to put the money in the bank those those bills that were going out of of uh circulation so I think India is funny that way. They're just like, hey, here's something that's illegal. You got like two weeks to get it together or straight up jail time, baby. Like make it happen, <laughs> make it happen, Captain. That's interesting how their country law requires coins to be made of metal or existing in physical form and stamped by the government. I don't think the U.S. has a law like that, right? Of course not. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty detailed. Yeah, man. Made of metal. I saw an article not too long ago about like how uh, – what's that uh, 
I don't want to say sect, but like I guess denomination of Islam that is super duper conservative, like where the ladies wear the super duper sh- like the skirt. Damn, I don't. I'm being insensitive. It's not a skirt. I don't know. It's a. Hmm, I got that. Ba- that was a bad thing to say. But the the, the ladies cover themselves Sorry. all the way up. What do you call? Is it called a sari? I don't know, man. I feel like getting it wrong is bad. We'll get put on baddie list. Sari uh, or shari is a female garment from the oh, Indian subcontinent that consists of a drape varying from five to nine yards in You're length. So cultured, so cultured, Jesse. No, I just I just happened to know what that was. Uh, that makes you cultured, and I'm oh. an uncultured swine. Definitely mm. an infidel. I mean, you know about hip hop and rap culture oh. that I didn't know about. What are you trying to say? You're cultured in other ways that I'm not. Okay. That's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought you were trying to say. <laughs> Next article. <laughs> Hold up. Damn, that's loud. I should have backed. Right. I was too close to the phone that time. Uh, I think they're all about the same uh, decibel. Okay. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. Five nations join efforts to punish transnational Bitcoin tax crime. Tax informants. Oh, this is written by Natalie Stuckey. Um, two days ago, it's got 3,663 views, and it's an article on Bitcoin.com. Tax inform- enforcement authorities from five nations announced that they have created a united alliance, the Joint Chiefs of Global Tax Informant, known as the J5. The J5 said they are committed to combating transnational tax crime, quote, through increased enforcement collaboration. In other words, working together to gather information, share intelligence, and conduct joint operations. Didn't they just make a movie about these guys? Like one of them was like a robot and aliens, and the one was like super duper fast. I have no idea. Just kind of like a rich dude, and one was a chick. That was super strong. The J5. Talking about the, the Justice League? Oh, yeah. Different thing. Sorry. Keep going. Uh-huh. The IRS <laughs> is on the hunt for people who use Bitcoin to evade taxes. That's fun. The J5 include the Australian Criminal Intelligence Commission and Australian Taxation Office, the Can- uh, Canada Revenue Agency, the Dutch Fiscal in like in Lichtengen and in Lichtengen and Upsporingsdienst. That's a. Those are German names. That's okay. I can't pronounce that. The British HM Revenue and Customs, and the American Internal Revenue Service Criminal Investigations. <laughs> Interesting. We are convinced that offshore structures and financial instruments were used to commit tax crime and money laundering are detrimental to the economic, fiscal, and social interests of our countries. The IRS posted in a statement on their homepage, We will work together to investigate those who enable transnational tax crime and money laundering and those who benefit from it. We will also collaborate internationally to reduce the growing threat to tax administrations posed by cryptocurrencies and cybercrime and to make the most of data and technology, they added. The group I almost met like the first time. Yeah. want to get caught by them so I, I can like go out like, uh, like Skeletor. You know, like, damn you, J5. 
damn you. Like, it's just such a catchy name. Like, I think that's why they named it. Like, you know, they had to feel good about themselves. Like, oh, let's call ourselves J5, baby. Hell yeah. Coming at you. Lame. It's like old people, like a really old dude who used to watch like old Batman, like in the 70s. And he was like, I'm going to make a really cool group of all these intelligence and auditors, and I'm going to call it the J5. J5. <laughs> Do you think they have like a, like a theme song? If you were to make up a theme song right now for the J5, what would it sound like? Here we are, the IRS. But we're more like everybody's IRS. We are <laughs> J5. It stands for justice and we're going to lock you up. If you try not to pay your taxes, we're going to lock your ass up. Here we come. <laughs> the J5. <laughs> that, that's how it would go. Okay. That's pretty uh, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> your turn now, Mr. That's Pretty Judgmental. Damn. Whatever. Uh, next article. <laughs> I tried as hard as I could. That was good. I'm and that comes right after you said, I know hip-hop and things. You do know hip-hop. That was not a hip-hop song. I should have been able to freestyle. You should have been able to. I let to. my people down. Horizontally right. scalable blockchain system launches, quote, flagship membership portal by Connor Blinkensop on Cointelegraph.com. It has 13,011 views and 281 total shares. Oh, this is about um, the DAG blockchain stuff. DAG, babies. If you guys don't know what DAG means, it means directed acyclic graph. Acyclic. Acyclic graph, which means that it's only cyclic one way. Only one way. Yeah, so let me... I it only it goes one way. So let me go ahead and get you a better definition of acyclic so you can at least go into your office saying, I now know what acyclic means, and I'm going to use it. Not displaying or forming part of a circle. So it means not a circle. It doesn't mean only a circle one way. It means not even really a circle. Um, these are just the examples Webster's has given me of a woman not having a menstrual cycle. She has an acyclic menstrual cycle. That if it's not if it's not the same every month. That's just what Webster's is giving me. So and then I'll it says you from from this. Oh? I'll save you if you want me to save you. Yeah, go ahead and save me. Save me from this, please. All right, a, a horizontal a horizontally scalable uh, directed acyclic graph blockchain system that aims to cater to consumer-grade applications has launched the Orion membership portal where members of its ecosystem can communicate and contribute to the network. With the company announcing its DAG token has listed on KuCoin, uh, Constellation Labs says the capacity of its network is proportional to user adoption. With This is like the same thing that IOTA was claiming. Mm-hmm. That With chains are supposed to be like the Internet of Thing chains because they don't need that many confirmations. They only need like to see the previous transaction ahead of them. And yeah. it's not necessarily a blockchain. It's like a transaction mesh. Like it's definitely not something that I've looked into. So I'm going to stop. I don't know anything about it. it. Yeah, it's, it's a DAG. For those of you who are interested, there's a portal. 
You can go get your dag on. <laughs> Do you, on hashing on speaking about other podcasts on the network, does hashing it out actually explore how dags work? Like, is there a specific podcast? They haven't they yet, but they are going to. That'd be cool. Yeah, they haven't yet, but they are going to dive into a dag. Um, not to be confused with a hash graph. A hash graph and a dag are two different things. I've seen those um, illustrations. Maybe it'd be it'd be beneficial for people to see like that illustration linked into the show notes. Maybe. I think the, that's a good know, idea, man. See, DAG versus Hashgraph versus blockchain. I think there's like an illustration. I think we stuff. should do host swaps, where Colin comes on this show with you, and I go on Corey's show hashing it out. Oh, that'd be interesting because then I could ask Colin questions and he could explain it for myself and the audience. That would be interesting. We should ha- we should have a hashing it out, just the hashing it out fusion. Just the hashing it out. <laughs> just the hash is what we would call it. Just the, just hash, the hash fusion. And I go on Corey's show one time and and I'm I'm asking Corey questions about his deep dive. And then Colin comes on our show, and you're asking him questions about your deep dives. Yeah, that sounds good. We should do that. That does sound like some good cross-promotion. Look at (laughs) us thinking. Look at us thinking. I think we made it to Thursday, right? No, 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 no. Here's one. Um, Use block. This is why William Suberg. It has 14,679 total views, 418 shares, hidden, hidden you from the Cointelegraph. Use blockchain to rebuild societal trust and save 8 billion pounds, report tells the UK government. 8 billion pounds would be, what, just under $16 million? I thought it's like 1.6. Yeah, so it'd be just under $16 million. $16 billion, sorry. So 8 billion pounds would be just under six. Billion dollars. 1.6 is the multiplier. Like one dollar is, or sorry, um, yeah, one dollar is, no, no, one pound is 1.6 dollars. So eight billion is probably like, uh, maybe 14 billion. Let's see. British pound to USD. Oh, it's 1.32 right now. 1.32 1.32 ouch that makes so sense. one and a third so it's a third of eight yeah what is the specific amount that they were giving us in the article let's use a calculator eight million three two so it's about wait it's only 10.57 billion six billion dollars man the pound is losing its value wait, i'm curious to see a chart of british pound versus i think when they left that brexit hurt a lot i'm pretty sure I want to see the exchange graphs. Go look at that. I'm going to read this. UK Housing Minister Eddie Hughes released a report into blockchain July 4th. Oh, ain't that a bitch? He released a report on our Independence Day. That motherfucker. Calling on government to show leadership by making the technology and its benefits a priority. The report, Unlocking Blockchain, makes several key proposals using state projects currently underway in Estonia as the standard authorities should follow at home. Here's a quote. The state should not be allowed to use such technology to intrude into the lives of individuals, but rather the technology should be used to empower individuals in their necessary engagements with the state. You're damn right. 
powerful words. I just powerful thought of something. Words. Like, um, as far as the, the links and the images that we'd like to share with the audience during the podcast, what do you think about um, having like a separate Slack channel where we just post that stuff so they can well, actually it would see? Disappear pretty fast, right? Would it? You just leave the illustrations and links there. Um, maybe not. That would be a good idea. It's like, hey, post some images over there if you. Well, there's want. this there's this image of the currency chart, the decline of the um, British pound to USD conversion, um, and that that'd be an interesting illustration for them to check out while we're talking about that subject in particular, because it looks like um, the highest um, conversion rate as of the, like the last five years was in um, early 2014 when it was 1.71 um, British pound um, to the US dollar or rather US dollars to the British pound um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and sometime between uh, 2016 and 2017 it dropped as low as um, 1.2 ish um, 1.2 US dollars to the per pound and mm-hmm. and right now, 2018, um, it's 1.31. It rose all the way back up to 1.42, but it's declining again. Is nobody screaming from the top of the mountains to how, how like such a bear market the pound is? Crazy how that works. 2008, it was at 1.99. It was almost two. And then I guess hot uh, diggity dog, hot dog, okay. hot dog. Crashed. Hot diggity dog. Crashed all the way down to 1.37 back in between 2000, mid 2018, or mid, mid 2008. It crashed to 1.37. Uh, it's interesting. When, what does that mean economically, like on a long term scale? Does that mean that fiat currencies are devaluing versus like growing, I guess, so what do you call them? Countries that are developing, developing countries, I guess? Um, like first world. I don't know, and I'm not gonna act like I do. Mm. I think I would have to go to like international business school for that. Um, I have a guess. I could take an educated guess that like maybe that means that their currency is more valuable, so they can actually do more with their currency. So, for instance, like if um, let's just say Thailand's currency. Um, is valued really low versus the dollar. If the dollar's value starts to go down, Thailand's value is, then their currency is inversely related, so it's going up. So they could do more with their currency in their country. That's just a guess. That's just me like taking a stab at that shit. Mm. Can we have an economist on our show? Uh, it's like ours? a lot of the we can do whatever yeah. we want with our show. Hell yeah, we can have an economist on our show. I know there was somebody in the Slack. She, I don't know. I think she was. Um, is she an economics major? Like, uh, just ping her. But let's move on to the next article. Okay. Article. Article. Oh, we've made it to Thursday. Here we go. Oh, this one's juicy. I put this on here for a reason. Uh, Ripple CEO Ripple CEO faces another securities fraud lawsuit. A third lawsuit alleging securities fraud was filed last week against Ripple Labs Incorporated 
XRP2 LLC. How many different names of this shit? Now there's XRP LLC and Ripple Labs, and they're two different things. And it's CEO Bradley Glaringhouse. In 28 pages, a class action suit attempts to make the case XRP is a security issued, maintained, and supported by Ripple in clear violation of U.S. regulatory laws. Ripple has worked extremely hard to distance itself from its currency, XRP, in hopes of avoiding just this scenario. But everyone knows that can't happen because XRP is made and majorly owned by Ripple Labs. So what is... Yeah, how do they do that? Do they just, like... Nobody knows. Out a bunch of bullshit and, like, hey, this is not ours because this... Let's read a little bit here. Let's read. Let's read. So the managing partner of Robbins Arayo LLP uh, filed a class action lawsuit against Ripple, blah, blah, blah. We heard that part. Mr. So on behalf of San Diego College senior David O'Connor... Mr. O'Connor, through his legal team, stresses how Ripple fought to manipulate the XRP price, including placing tens of millions of XRP tokens into a kind of escrow, creating an arbitrary scarcity. It is also a way to signal to worried longer-term investors the company would not dump the lot all at once. How we test. Does XRP have speculative investors who hope for profits that are at the whim of a third party? Previous Ripple CEO was, for a short time, considered wealthier than Bill Gates. This is the third securities. I don't know, man. Uh, is security is, is Ripple security or not? Who fucking knows? Hmm. What do you think? I'm thinking that Bill Gates has what eighty something or ninety something billion. How much Bill Gates net worth? <laughs> You're trying to figure out how rich the Ripple Labs guy is. Ninety-two point two billion, right? So that's how much his net worth is right now. So Ripple's CEO had more money than Bill Gates, so like more than ninety billion. Really? Does that make sense? Like, what was curious about that? What say what now? What was its cap at its market cap at the highest? It Why are you had doing that? a I'm market bring up cap. The next article. Go for it. Here, so it had a market cap of. I want to know what's with the the zealous nature of this Ripple. One forty-two. One forty-two. One forty-two billion. 3. Billion, yeah. So what? So he owns like 90, 95 by 142, right? The thing I don't understand about the zealous nature of people that love Ripple is that they they swear up and down it's all the, all the things Bitcoin is, but it has this horrible, horrible history that when you bring up, they either it's like it's like it's rudimentary politics. They either say, "Well, like, what about when Satoshi forked it, or what about when they hard forked earlier into Bitcoin, or when you bring up like, hey, what about them having a shit ton of escrow that they own that's like ninety percent of it? Like, oh well, that means that it's not gonna move and it's very scarce. Then the rest of the supply is very scarce. And you're like, okay, and you're like, who's building on it? And they're like, absolutely no one except for these like three dudes. So when you, 
And I still, to this day, haven't been able to get a representative from either their executive board or their lead dev on any of our shows. Every time I ask, they just it's, it's radio silence. So it's, it's projects they can't like, say huh? They can't say anything. Anything they probably would say would probably be used as evidence and in a court case in one of these lawsuits against them. So I'm saying now publicly, I'm saying to anyone listening to Just the Headers now, if you want to hit the Twitter sphere, uh, if Ver, Voorhees, uh, project, the CEOs, like not CEOs, but the project leads of, of like status and, and bat, if all those people can come on our network and talk about their projects, the good and the bad, then how come you can't ripple? Hashtag why not ripple? And then say something about you need to go on at the BTC podcast so they can ask you some questions just for clarity. All right. Final article. This one is all on you, man. Go for it. Is it a cool one? Is it a cool one? I thought it was pretty cool. That's why I I picked it. IBM wants to track code milestones on a blockchain. A new patent from... This, this article was written by Madeline Mengshi uh, on Coindesk.com. It has 185 retweets and one Reddit share. A new patent application from IBM outlines a way for, de- uh, for developers to catalog coding, updates, and milestones on a blockchain. The application entitled, quote, Blockchain for Program Code Credit and Programmer Contribution in a Collective was published on July 5th by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. It envisions utilizing the technology to create a secure and robust approach to track and append information related to collaborative coding for the purpose of credit, reward, uh, reward and dispute resolution, and for other purposes. So is this like GitHub? This like, is uh, like GitHub, but this is beautiful because I do think that is going to be a piece of the Dicio movement that happens maybe two to three years from now. The and Dicio? Is, Decentralized yeah, Dicio? Distribu- distributed Autonomous uh, Initial Coin Offering. And so basically, uh, I'm pretty sure that's what that means. But you might want to look it up just to check me. Uh, what is the difference the, uh, between that and a smart contract that distributes based on, like, I don't know, time Nothing, release? But that's or... what that smart contract would, would be. Like, an ICO smart contract just kind of issues tokens uh, based upon, like, it, it, it unlocks a certain number of tokens inside of an Ethereum address, right? All right, a, so a what's DICO, the difference between an ICO and a DICO? So a DICO would only distribute the tokens based upon milestone roadmap completion. But that's really hard to determine, right? Like It's qualitative. Two, is it qualitative? So I think that this is the first step in designing that dip, that that broad line in the sand. Is that okay? If it is qualitative, what's the what are the quantities that will define those qualities? Like what? How do we know a milestone is met? And it one it forces a team to create very definitive milestones and a very definitive roadmap. We're going to do X amount of things and get you a product that does this thing, this many things per whatever. I don't know. Just a very like well-defined roadmap. Yeah. And if we can figure that out through code, and if we can code that in, and then there is uh, irrefutable evidence that it did happen, then the tokens are released to the people that contributed in the ICO. 
right? So then you have you have more than just people buying into just an idea. If you're going to put some skin in the game on that, you're probably going to have to contribute to that project. Because if they can't get it off the ground, then you never get those tokens. And those tokens never have any value. Yeah. So I really like the idea of a DICO. I hope I hope the industry moves towards them, but it's really hard to see what that even looks like, right? Because if you're building a program, what do you put in there that, that says that you've met a milestone? That's just me speaking as a layman, but I'm pretty sure maybe a software engineer could clear that up for us. But well, it's like the tech roadmap. But before we actually like when you have an idea, you don't really understand the minutia unless you actually sit down and try to plan out as much as of it as possible. Um, Excuse me. I guess that would that would put more enforcement on on having more detailed. Um, roadmaps with with um, quantitative objectives to be met. What's wrong with having roadmaps with quantitative objectives? You don't sound no, too I'm excited that's about good. it. You sound no, no. I, I like it. I think it's oh. better than what they currently do, which is nothing. It's just they promise things and then they push dates out when stuff isn't feasible. Like Serenity, right? To Ethereum, it was supposed to happen. I thought last year end of last year right yeah and it's tough man it's human it's it's not that these people are bad people on some of these projects some of the stuff takes a long time and when it comes to the ethereum foundation specifically jesse what would be your human nature if if you asked for five dollars and someone gave you five million if you only needed five dollars to do a thing and someone gave you five million uh-huh how hard would it be for you to um, mitigate scope creep? The scope of your project would probably grow exponentially, right? You're like, well, I only needed five dollars to do this one thing, but now that I have five million, I can do millions of things. No, I would do that one thing really well, and then ask, what What's the next objective? I wouldn't let scope yes. creep happen just because I have more resources. You wouldn't, but what about people that aren't comfortable, like? I don't know, leading a project or having led that many projects or all of a sudden have more money than they ever imagined. Right. That's it's, I, th- I honestly think, I think you're answering that very matter of factly, but I yeah, don't, I don't know. Unless you would unless know I'm what would situation. happen yeah. because money equals time. And now all of a sudden you have all of the time in the world. Right. Or you have all so, the, you have more money than what you needed in the first place exactly so then you have more time than ever no no money doesn't equal time money is money i think money buys time i think money money is just money money is like you can look at money as time contracts but i mean you personally it's not buying you more time for yourself it's buying other people's time but not your own time yeah you get your time back no you don't get your time back what are you talking about, man? If I have enough money to pay for someone to come in and fix my shit, then I get to have that time to go do other stuff that I want to do. Well, you could, you yourself could walk away from that problem and not necessarily decide to address it. No, in a way that would cost money. I'm just talking about like very basic thing, like, uh, um, let's say, uh, I don't know, my main line. Uh, my house is clogged and I got to call a plumber. 
I now get that time back. Like, hey, plumber, here's some thousands. Fix my plumbing. I'm going to the mall. Yeah. Right? Like, that's time. Money buys time. No? I don't know. The more money you make, the... Uh, but I don't know. I don't really know, man. Like, to be honest, like, unless you hit it big, like, you win the lottery, then more money, like, more money buys you time. But you had to you had to invest your time in order to create that sort of earnings, right? Like, money doesn't grow, you know, on trees. It doesn't come out of nowhere. Like, you had to sacrifice something. You had to, um, you had to burn your own time in different aspects or... It, it may not even be consuming your own time. You may be um, burning your own morals, or you're you're flexing something in order to make something happen at a faster rate. Something has to give. Reminds me of a Prodigy song from the '90s. Yeah, something's got to give. Yeah, yeah, it's a good band. It was good. I like it. For somebody who's only been here for a decade, you're well versed in American culture, my friend. It's not. It's not been a decade, is it? You said ten like, years. Like the other 13, day when I asked 13, you. thirteen years. At the thirteen. Oh, you years. round that down. Sure. Round that down. Ten years. Okay. You've only been here for one census. <laughs> I've been here for, for three. Yeah. Census. Three since I. Is that <laughs> since I four for census? I've been here for three since I. Um, I guess we could wrap it up, right? Like, um, let's wrap this up by asking you your opinion on immigration. No, I'm Ooh, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> That's too much. That's we gotta say that for another show. We've been going for a while. Um, sometimes we get deep on the show. That one time we talked about reparations, that was bananas. I didn't expect that to happen. That was interesting. I like that. We made Cello uncomfortable. He was like, I don't want to talk about race. Um, (laughs) that's how he sounds every time. He's like, I don't want to talk about race. Um, so Cello, I know you're listening to, you can clown me later because you don't sound like that. You sound more like this. I don't want to talk about race. Um, that's it, guys. That's it for the show. So, uh, thanks for listening to another week of Just the Headers. This is the twelfth episode now, so that is three solid months of news that we've been bringing to you. Um, I did something interesting this week that I wanted to tell you guys about. So, I put all of the articles. I thought I was being played with emotionally with these articles. So, I took all of the titles of the headlines and I put them into a uh, word sifter or uh, it makes word clouds and because i was like man i feel like i'm reading the same news over and over again i feel like a newsman and so i put them into a word cloud yeah and uh what it said if it did not get deleted in slack i'm making my way to it ah here we are so this was 10 this is this was 10 weeks of news, 2,517 articles that we've gone through, uh, not on the show, but that's how many articles that we've kept track of, um, 25,000 words, uh, 25,040 words. The top three words are blockchain, Bitcoin, and crypto, which are pretty obvious. Some big standouts are price, exchange, market, report, trading, regulations, Government's pretty big. New 
is pretty big, which means to me that like there's a lot of people paying for PR on the space. Launch is another big word. So I basically just made a word cloud because I was like, man, I want to see um, what these articles are composed of, like what people are reading that read this mainstream news. And, and that's that. We're getting a lot of blockchain, Bitcoin, crypto, new trading regulations from the government. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I just made that up. But that there is a word cloud. It is in the Slack. Uh, speaking of which, join the Slack. Go to thebitcoinpodcast.com. Uh, join up. Uh, conversations happen sparingly all week. Uh, sometimes they're about crypto. Other times they're about Edward Snowden. That was weird today. Uh, I think you even chimed in on that one, Broke. No, it turned into something besides Edward Snowden. Yeah, it got weird real fast. It did get very weird. Yeah, got real weird where fast when we started talking about the reality of like how people protect us on the internet and how dark it is, the dark it gets. Got real weird real real fast. Um, then um, there's all kinds of stuff you you're gonna miss if you're not there. Like we post a weekly. Uh, this is a, a, a week in crypto uh, by Jonathan Thomas. Uh, not Jonathan Thomas Taylor, <laughs> but Jonathan Thomas. Um, he writes on our uh, Medium blog. So if you go to the if you go medium.com/slash Bitcoin Podcast, you will see our um, our publication there. Uh, Corey writes some stuff. I used to write stuff. My stuff's old. You can go f- look for that if you want. Um, what else, man? Oh, uh, we're gonna be live streaming on Saturday. If you haven't liked us on Facebook, then you're not going to see us pop up. It's going to be in the morning. Uh, we're going to live stream the roundtable. Uh, so you're going to get all roundtable and um, no interview. So, uh, yeah, hop on to Facebook, like us there, and then we're going to – Cello and Corey and myself, we're going to um, we're gonna do that live. Uh, of course, Hashing It Out just came out. Go listen to that. Uh, creating a crypto. A humanist blockchain just came out. DJ NES, Crypto Infinity just came out. Um, oh, we do too many things. I'm running out of breath. <laughs> Shit. Um, we do stuff, man. Go to thebitcoinpodcast.com or thebitcoinpodcast.network. We'd love it if you used that one instead. Uh, Jesse, you want to plug anything? Mm, no, not really. I was watching. Sure? Um, yeah, no, I I got nothing. Um, when I have something cool, you don't play video then, games or anything. You uh, can plug video games. Yeah, like you know, play games for the public via streaming. Yeah, yeah, like a Twitch stream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, we haven't done anything on it yet. Okay. All right. Well, that is. We're fair. trying to we're trying to come up with a schedule. Um, D and I there's a there's a Twitch channel that we created called. Uh, the Yin Yang Show. Um, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, we're trying to figure out like a like a good schedule to have, um, and see when we're both available. Probably sometime in the evenings, right? Like an hour or two, maybe. Um, maybe yeah, you guys can check it out. Looks best. Yeah, we're gonna try Fortnite, even though I don't like it. We're gonna give it a shot. <laughs> I was watching um, this movie. Did you did you see Ocean's Eight? I didn't, but I thought it was a great, great sign of the times. I love women. I was like, it's all women. Like, yeah, where no, are the guys? There don't need to be any guys. Why do they need to be dudes? Well, because there, there were dudes in oceans, all the oceans before Ocean's 8. Yeah, but 
what you're missing, you're missing the point. And the point is dudes are not as important as women. You know, also there's a Netflix show called like Super Hero High School or something. And it's just all the female superheroes and supervillains. Yeah, man. Like, like, dudes aren't important. There's just like a lot of female-led shows and movies. Mm -hmm. Everything. Like, why? Because there didn't used to be, and now there are. Because women, female representation. I think we're getting into territory where people are going to stop listening to our show. <laughs> you better be careful, man. What? I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. It's just, you know, Ocean's 8. I was expecting to see... Um, George um, Clooney in there? George Clooney, yeah. I, was, I wanted to see a young George Clooney, too. At least just put him in here, you know? He could be like... Because he is Ocean. But then again, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know. Like, somebody's got to be Ocean. Matt Damon is in this movie, so I guess that's kind of like... Uh, Oh, he was in there? Hey, at least Matt Damon's in here. Apparently. I still I I didn't get to that. I didn't, I didn't see the movie. Him. I just thought it was gonna be I thought it was great that, you know, it was like the Ghostbusters movie, like a bunch of women busting ghosts. Really? They did it with women? Wow, you're late on that one, man. I don't I don't know if you're even serious or not, because that no. was like that was four years thing. ago. And it was oh, all wow. women and that movie was hilarious, man. There was oh, a dude wow. in that. He was the bad guy. Surprise. Wow. Yeah. Incredibles 2 was also like the wife. It was like, you know, the wife saving the day, not really the husband. I mean, it's like, because women can be the hero too. And that's what I think that the Hollywood is trying to stress is like, hey, like, we can be heroes just for one day. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm okay with it. Just don't like... It feels like they're trying to compensate for decades of male-driven, um, male-led movies. Like, just possibly. Like I understand you're trying to compensate and swing back the other way, but yeah. I like George Clooney. I feel like he he should have been in Ocean's Eight. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Okay, that's a good way to end the show. Oh, uh, do you want to end it like we ended last week? Um. How did we end it last week? I can't do it. Only you could do it. Uh, I wish Remember I knew. Marcello did the uh, he did the little theme song. That's kind of bad. Oh. Um. Yeah, I remember it was something Asian, racist, but it was funny. It wasn't that racist, but go on. Uh, but I don't remember how it goes. Can you remind me? I can't do that. I think you're trying to get me to do that. But I can't do that. You can. I can't. That's what it went to. That's not it. And you know it's not it. Do I have permissions? I feel like... Oh, hold on, hold on. How about this? Um. Um... Do I have permission to do yeah, it? Yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. I need go your explicit it. permission as an Asian male. Say, you have my explicit permission as an Asian male to do this outro. Can I? I'm going to come up with a new outro after you do that outro. Okay, but do I have, you have permission? You have my permission. Explicit permission. You've got to say explicit or else I get sued. 
Oh, okay. Um, okay, I guess you have my permission. I'm going to do it anyways. It went, that's our show. You remember? We're done. Hold on. We're done here. Wait, wait, wait. I've got a we've got a sweet outro. Um Okay, this is broke and I'm ending with a joke. I bought some shoes off a drug dealer. I don't know what he laced them with, but I've been tripping all day. <laughs>